Hey, what's up everybody? This is Austin Haynes with the Waking Justice Project, and this is your daily wake-up call. Here's what the corporatocracy is up to today, January 23rd, 2020. You can visit our website at wakingjustice.org for more details. Here are the headlines. Yesterday, one of our favorite indie journos, Caitlin Johnstone, published a really good article called How to Be a Mentally Sovereign Human. She explains why most people believe that they are truly free thinkers. Most people are wrong. It's an instructive essay on what the great Noam Chomsky meant when he famously said, the general population doesn't know what's happening and it doesn't even know that it doesn't know. Caitlin's essay is instructive because she digs into the how and why of Chomsky's observation as only she can, with great heart, wit, piercing intelligence, and such inspired prose. Here's an excerpt, quote, We all showed up naked, slimy and clueless, in a world of inexplicable sensory input. We couldn't make head or tail out of it. We were then taught what's what by people who showed up under the exact same circumstances, a blink of an eye earlier. The amniotic fluid is barely washed from our tiny naked bodies before we find ourselves in a marriage and a day job, staring down at a small pair of eyes looking up at us for guidance. This is not a good environment for developing mental sovereignty, the ownership and authorship of your own cognitive relationship with life." Unquote. She's like one of those great Indian sages who give profound insight in seemingly simple phrasing. In a nutshell, her core message in all her work is, quote, to attain a truly self-sovereign mind, you need to put truth above all else in every waking moment. You need to constantly dedicate yourself to learning what's true and what's real and to living in alignment with the truth that has been discovered." Unquote. That's pretty much the Bhagavad Gita, the Yoga Sutras of Putanjali, the teachings of Ramana Maharshi, and all the teachers that follow all in two lines. No kidding. In a future podcast, we'll explore those classic texts in more depth including various approaches to meditative practices, as well as the science on it, the psychology, biology, and even the physics on its legitimacy is fascinating and quite convincing. But for now, we wanna to stick to Caitlin's advice in our article, which we highly recommend reading, and we'll offer a specific example of how our advice can and should be applied by all of us in the work of global justice, including us fans of indie journos, as well as the indie journos and leading activists themselves. First then, one of Caitlin's main ideas is that to be a competent activist in this age of great urgency and mass propaganda, quote, it means wanting to know the truth about what's really happening in your world and how it contrasts with what you're being told to believe about what's happening in your world by confident sounding voices on the screens that you see. Here's a not so obvious example of what we think she means. The video below features Guardian reporter George Monbiot and climate activist Greta Thunberg. 
We love Greta, of course, and have covered her tireless activism many times before. And we greatly respect George's work as a journalist on climate breakdown and mass species extinction. But we think their video below, though obviously well-intentioned, is a huge missed opportunity and a good example of what Caitlin warns about regarding our living in various degrees of untruth, accepting unexamined assumptions as true because it is much easier and more comfortable than confronting reality on reality's own terms. So just for a quick experiment, please listen to this brief video of George and Greta and see if you can pick out any quote, degrees of untruth, which might make its overall message easier and more comfortable than confronting reality on reality's own terms. Here's the audio. This is not a drill. My name is Greta Thunberg. We are living in the beginning of a mass extinction. Our climate is breaking down. Children like me are giving up their education to protest. But we can still fix this. You can still fix this. To survive, we need to stop burning fossil fuels. But this alone will not be enough. Lots of solutions are talked about. But what about a solution that is right in front of us? I'll let my friend George explain. There is a magic machine that sucks carbon out of the air, costs very little, and builds itself. It's called a tree. A tree is an example of a natural climate solution. Mangroves, peat bogs, jungles, marshes, seabeds, kelp forests, swamps, coral reefs, they take carbon out of the air and lock it away. Nature is a tool we can use to repair our broken climate. These natural climate solutions could make a massive difference. Pretty cool, right? But only if we also leave fossil fuels in the ground. Here's the crazy part. Right now, we are ignoring them. We spend 1,000 times more on global fossil fuel subsidies than on natural-based solutions. Natural climate solutions get just 2% of all the money used on tackling climate breakdown. This is your money. It is your taxes and your savings. Even more crazy, right now, when we need nature the most, we're destroying it faster than ever. Up to 200 species are going extinct every single day. Much of the Arctic ice is gone. Most of our wild animals have gone. Much of our soil has gone. So what should we do? What should you do? It's simple. We need to protect, restore and fund. Protect. Tropical forests are being cut down at the rate of 30 football pitches a minute. Where nature is doing something vital, we must protect it. Restore. Much of our planet has been damaged. But nature can regenerate, and we can help ecosystems bounce back. Fund. We need to stop funding things that destroy nature and pay for things that help it. It is that simple. Protect, restore, fund. This can happen everywhere. Many people have already begun using natural climate solutions. We need to do it on a massive scale. You can be part of this. Vote for people who defend nature. Share this video. Talk about this. 
all around the world, there are amazing movements fighting for nature. Join them. Everything counts. What you do counts. Again, that was Greta Thunberg and George Monbiot talking about how we can all help fix climate change. So were you able to pick up any degrees of untruth in the video that might make its overall message easier and more comfortable? If so, let's compare notes. Here's our take. We found four big ideas in their script. Number one, a mass extinction of species is underway. Up to 200 species are going extinct every day and our climate is breaking down. Number two, and even though forests can protect wildlife diversity and massively reduce climate change, we're destroying forests faster than ever. Tropical forests are being cut down at the rate of 30 football fields per minute. So what should we do? Number three, it's simple, Greta says. We need to protect tropical forests. But we spend 1,000 times more on fossil fuel subsidies than nature-based solutions. And this is your money, your taxes, Greta reminds us. So again, what should we do? Number four, George says we need to vote for politicians who will A, end fossil fuel subsidies, and B, pay for reforestation and rewilding projects. Again, it's that simple, George says. And checking their claims on the problems we face, we agree with the first three. A mass extinction of species is now underway. We're losing up to 200 species of wildlife every day. We're at the brink of runaway climate change. And a leading solution to help reverse both crises is to reverse global deforestation. So everything holds up there. But we weren't clear on how ending fossil fuels would reverse global deforestation. We get that we need to move to renewable energies and end fossil fuel consumption. But they didn't say how to reverse global deforestation, which is pretty much their whole argument in the video on reducing climate change and ending mass species extinction. George did say it's simple. We just need to vote for politicians who will end fossil fuel subsidies and invest in reforestation and rewilding projects. Okay. But is that really so simple? George is British, and the UK just held a critically important election for their new prime minister. We follow George's work, and we followed that entire election as well. The Labour Party's Jeremy Corbyn was definitely the candidate who would have fought for the solutions George and Greta suggest. But Corbyn lost the election by a historic landslide. And as George well knows, the billionaire media that dominate public opinion in the UK were unrelenting in their vicious smears of Corbyn. He didn't have a prayer. And sidebar, if you know how critical the petrodollar system is to the profitability of big banks, big oil, and big defense, and the fact that the billionaires who own controlling shares of those industries also control pretty much all big media and all levers of democratic reform in the West, then you know that it is at the very least spectacularly naive to advise people that voting will change things. At worst, it's downright deceptive. 
Indeed, as George well knows, his own employer, The Guardian, was one of the worst offenders, smearing Corbin as anti-Semitic. Still, even if by some miracle, Corbin had survived the billionaire smear campaigns against him and somehow won the election, and if by another miracle, he had somehow convinced enough conservatives in the Tory party, which is pretty much owned by big banks and big oil, to actually pass new legislation to transition fossil fuel subsidies to restoring forests, he knows full well that those industries also own the judges and court system. Such legislation would be tied up in the courts for years, even decades. It's as Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Chris Hedges has said, Western politics cannot bring about the kinds of radical reforms that are now needed, nor can joining the amazing protest movements fighting for nature around the world that George advised. As Hedges further explains, as long as street protests are about venting anger, frustration, and rage, which are legitimate, but without alternative structures to challenge power, then we will never succeed. All that said, what's most surprising to us about George and Greta's video is the fact that they're both vegetarians and therefore both would likely know full well that the reason our forests are being burned at such high rates are to clear lands to graze farmed animals and to grow feed crops for farmed animals. Big meat and dairy is the number one cause of global deforestation. George and Greta must know this. Over 60% of all lands now used by humans are used to farm animals for food. And independent academic research has shown that if just half of those grazed lands were returned to native forests, the restored forests would sequester more carbon than has been put into the atmosphere by humans since the beginning of the industrial age. That's huge. So why wouldn't George and Greta lead with that? George said in his tweet above that the video is an extraordinary success and still getting massive play. But what real success is being made? The video basically tells people to vote in a system that's rigged to protect the power and profits of the corporate elites. It accomplishes little else than reinforcing belief that we should continue to vote and protest a system that is specifically rigged to resist such activism. Isn't that what Einstein called the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? We wonder what extraordinary success that video could be achieving if both Greta and George were actually doing what Caitlin advises confronting reality on reality's own terms. Is it easier and more comfortable, as Caitlin puts it, to avoid challenging others about the reality of our rigged system of government? Or for that matter, their food habits? Giving up meat and dairy for healthier plant-based alternatives is the single most effective change an individual can make to impact both climate change and mass species extinction. Pulling it all together, as Chris Hedges says, rebellion is the only way to stop the ruling elites from destroying our planet. And the ruling elites he refers to are not politicians or kings. They're billionaire shareholders in multinational corporations across diverse industries. 
the companies they control are all variously invested in each other's success. They invest in each other's stock and appoint their people to each other's boards of directors. The reality that we must confront is that Western democracy has been transformed into a corporate plutocracy, and the only real leverage the working class has in such a plutocracy is mass organized boycott. The weakest industry among this corporatocracy is big meat and dairy, and it's also the most strategic. It's the one industry we can most impact with our consumer choices to fight both climate change and mass species extinction. Plus, it's the one industry we can most impact with our consumer choices to challenge the entire power structure of the corporatocracy. Here's what we all know. Big meat and dairy is a leading driver of profits for both big pharma and big chemical. 18 of the top 20 big pharma products are medicines that treat diseases associated with animal-based foods. Its primary income are derived from global cells of fertilizer and pesticides to grow feed crops for farmed animals. Further, all three industries, big meat and dairy, big pharma, and big chem, are massive consumers of fossil fuels. Petrochemicals are the core building blocks for most pharmaceuticals made by Big Pharma, as well as the fertilizer and pesticide products made by Big Chem. So a mass organized boycott of big meat and dairy would substantially reduce demand for fossil fuels. And remember, global sales of fossil fuels are the engine of the petrodollar system. Ultimately then, a sustained boycott against big meat and dairy could finally force big banks to the bargaining table. For those seeking a non-violent path to legitimate revolution, which is the only type of revolution we would ever advocate, they will find that the only leverage that has ever affected real change against such entrenched and moneyed power is mass organized boycott. It was Gandhi's salt and textile boycotts that helped win India's independence from Britain in the 1900s. It was the mass strikes and picket lines that helped US workers in the 1930s win a 40-hour work week, overtime pay, and collective bargaining for labor unions. It was the bus boycotts and restaurant sit-ins in the 1960s that helped black Americans win civil rights reforms. It was the salad boycotts and grape boycotts in the 60s and 70s that helped win economic justice for migrant farm workers. And it was the divestment boycotts in the 1980s that finally forced an end to apartheid in South Africa. When we dedicate ourselves to learning what's true and what's real about the current state of our world, a grim reality emerges about the power structures that oppress us and constrain our understanding. If we stay with it though, the good news emerges too. And the good news is that we already have all the power we need to save ourselves and our planet. A sustained boycott of big meat and dairy will totally transform us, the corporatocracy, and our planet. We just need to dedicate ourselves to it and live in alignment with it. If you want to learn how all of us in the work of global justice can join together in strategic boycott and force this corporatocracy to the people's bargaining table to end all this injustice and corruption and to help save our planet, please visit our website at wakingjustice.org. You can check out our about page and listen to our first podcast. 
And while you're there, you can sign up to get your free daily wake-up call delivered right to your inbox each day. Just fill out the quick form at the top right of the homepage. And each morning by 4.20 a.m., we'll email you a link and quick description of the podcast for that day. And if you want more info on how you can get involved in the Waking Justice Project, you can email us at info at wakingjustice.org. We'd love to hear from you. We're running out of time, y'all. So join us. Peace. You must be involved in the struggle for freedom and justice. Justice is rising and it ain't just us, it's all of us. If it's my love.